There is not a day that goes by that I don't wish I listened to Land It by Vulture Will more. Some would say I listen to it too much. Like a lot. I listen to it like a young girl listens to music. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it was like a single. This is this is pulling in the entire uh, Throw the Flag Network universe, but I just... <laughs> we're recording this uh, just after the Alabama-Auburn game, and I just got a... Uh, a text message from my old boss, Richard, possibly the only Auburn fan that I can stomach right now. And he just said, hey, hope you had a good Thanksgiving. <laughs> no, it was ruined by the activities of, at any rate. <laughs> this is this is a big day because, Hankins, we're doing a That's Disgusting, Just You and Me. Something that you said you would never do until I listened, until I spent... 60 minutes listening Not to even, a new album like by my favorite band? Like 38, 40 minutes. <laughs> uh, the Drive-By Truckers, you, you introduced, well, you didn't introduce them to me, but you definitely uh, cemented them as one of my favorite bands. You, you helped me get to where I needed to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, first, I first heard a Drive-By Truckers song, and it was Let There Be Rock. And it was at a college friend's house in 2002. I was like, damn, they said Huntsville in this song. I'm from that song. I'm from that song. (laughs) I'm from that song. I've lived in that song before. Drop Dacid Blue Oyster Cult concert. 15 years old. Uh, 14? 15? 14. But you claim that you would not record another episode of That's Disgusting with Me until I listen to so Not American am, Band. Yes, th- th- that is the record in question. Okay, that is the record in question. Amer- but The Perilous Night is on American no, Band? No, it is not. Ah, shit. <laughs> you, I don't know how you confuse that as a person who's supposed I don't know to what like football this is. <laughs> we, I love this You band. kept saying, oh, this is that song. Like, okay, well, maybe he's finally got through this record. And then you kept saying night. I'm like, what is he talking? And then I realized the other day when I saw, oh, Perilous Night, new single by the Drive-By Truckers. Like, this so-and-so. Wait, so Perilous Night is not on any album right now? No, Perilous Night. Oh. You know, I tell you what record it is on. It's on that. (laughs) Fuck you. Fuck you. It is on. You know what? Fuck you. (laughs) It is on Fool on Every Corner. The uh, record Mike Cooley released. Tool on every corner. T-W-O hyphen L. Welcome to That's Disgusting. uh, 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 Colon inside jokes between Matt and Sean that no one gets and no one will listen to. Drive by truckers. But yeah, so tell tell me about about American Band. Tell me about this album. Um, it's basically the Sean Majors post-election story 
<laughs> yeah, well, that 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 uh, reveals why I haven't listened to it yet. I don't know. Get out in there. I mean, it's is this is this our Donald Trump episode? We just got away from our nine eleven oh, special. Oh God, no. I've, the, 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 opening your eyes. Could it be Donald our Trump Donald Trump episode? episode? We did that already with uh, Hurricane uh, Hugo or whoever. Reuben Carter. Reuben Carter. Um, Reuben stuttered. Uh, in, per- in Patterson, in the two five six, that's just the way things go. Um, but no, I mean it's a it's it's a record about the current climate of the United States, um, as told through the st- storytelling of Cooley and Hood. Um, and I don't know why you fight this record so much. It is very good. I just I never listen to music anymore. Period. Well, that's a problem. You have a problem. Yeah, I so. agree. It's just podcasts. It's just See, you got to get out of that, dude. You got. I know. From a I agree. Who does I agree. So many podcasts. I get it. But you do so many podcasts. At some point, you got to take a break. I have rules in place that there are hours at work that are set aside for music time, and you you got to jam. You got to get your jam on, or else, and because podcasts just turn into this cacophony of the same old, same old. Um, most of them are bad, including all the ones that we do. Um, but most of them are either bad or just it's the same points over and over and over and over. You got to get out of it, dude. You got to get on some records. There's a lot of good shit out there these days. It takes me like being like at my apartment alone just listening. Oh, yeah, I forgot about this song. I'm going to play it. I actually fell back into Patterson Hood's uh, first solo record. Murdering a couple Oscar? days ago, since I'm gonna see him, uh, not first. Sorry. <laughs> he 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 light rumbles in the distance. That's uh, not that's like the third. <laughs> but but that's that's what I said third. But only because uh, I knew you weren't you talking know, about Killers and Stars, which was the first one. I mean, you know, I, I I've never pretended to like this band. <laughs> You have only pretended to like this yeah. band. <laughs> Remember that time I was Okay, this is this is getting too 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 insular. Um yeah, so I mean when you listen to music like that, does it turn you off when it's hyper political? Does it matter because it's a band that you like? Does it Well I mean it is a band that I like extra annoying and it it clearly has a stance it, it doesn't hurt that it's the stance that i have i mean that helps a lot um sure but i wouldn't just listen to anyone do that either um the truckers have equity with me and so if they want to try to tell me something i'll listen to it um and this particular you know american band does not dwell on any uh it doesn't drive the nail on the same thing over and over and over it hits all the tenants. Like, it opens with a song about uh, the uh, bullet. I can't think of his, his actual name right now, but that was his nickname. He was the NRA head for a long time. And it tells the story of him essentially. Uh, Charlton Heston? Not. He, you, you're not helping this. Is it all. Wayne LaPierre? <laughs> was his nickname Bullet? I, I have no idea. Thank I'm you. To not really read that much. <laughs> but at any rate, it tells the story of this guy being a, a border patrol guard in in his youth, and he had a very similar to Trayvon Martin and uh, that guy who murdered Trayvon Martin 
um, scenario with a guy named Ramon Cassiano. And mm-hmm. he, you know, something's going on. He shoots this guy on the border, and he never has to deal with it. He he's he just gets away with it and goes on to be this, you know, big, powerful head of the NRA. And it's Har- Harlan Carter was there the you go. American leader of Bullet. the National Rifle Association. Carter was an advocate for gun rights in the United States. His 1977 election as NRA executive VP marked a turning point for the organization during his tenure. 77 to 85, he shifted the organization's focus from promoting marksmanship and shooting and sports shooting towards advocacy for less restrictive gun laws. Yeah. So, I mean, extremely topical. Um, to, and it's storytelling. It's all just story. It's not a lot of. Uh, and all the points are made through storytelling. It's not a lot of preachy stuff. Um, but yeah, and surrender under protest is about the fucking Civil War. <laughs> so. Yeah. Topical, right? Um, yeah, but it's it's sort of a it's about all you know with with anything truckers. There's that duality of it, the duality of the southern thing, which is from mm-hmm. uh, southern rock opera, and it's it's that thing of yeah, those people weren't all bad, but you know we were told so long that the war wasn't about slavery that we all kind of started to believe it. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's just it, but the record itself is so accessible. Um, and it would be right up your alley, and it's it's your same doctrine. It's all your. Doctrine. I mean, I'm gonna listen. To I don't it. think you are. I'm it's gonna been listen out for a it. long time. <laughs> I mean, what's what's eighteen months really? <laughs> and it's I mean, been a tough year, "Filthy man. and Fried" is one of my favorite Cooley songs ever. Um, and like I, I think we talked about it on here before or whatever, but. I remember that and Decoration Day are like one of the only two times that I've heard a song live one time and essentially remembered all the words forever. Like yeah, I had yeah. that song memorized after hearing it one time and it's, but it's, it's not political or anything like that. It's just about sort of the millennial generation and, and sort of the shit they go through. Um, but no, just overall, it's just a really strong, it's a strong record um, and it was a natural progression from uh, the 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 way they've gone production wise through Go Go Boots and uh, and yeah, yeah. and big to do and all that storytelling kind yeah, of narrative telling the story yeah. um, not big over the top rock songs like they used to be known for um, and man yeah. like Guns of Umpaqua is is a it's it's the only thing on there that's really hard for me to listen to um, because it is it describes. The it's about a school shooting in Oregon, but mm-hmm. it is told from the perspective of it was just a regular day. Like yeah. you know, ah, you know, there, there's this line in it that kills me as he's he's talking about waking up and drinking coffee and scrolling through his it's Facebook. morning like so many others with breakfast yeah. and birthdays, and yeah, and my friend Jack's having a baby, and. Then he gets shot in the fucking classroom in Oregon. I'm like, man, that's a fucking killer because it's so that's real. That that's how all those things start. Every one of those heavens 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 calling my, my name from, from the hallway, hallway outside the door. Yeah, um, that's how all those things start. And it's so it's incredibly vivid. I can see it all um, as that song goes. But man, it's just a hell of a record. It's more of a that reminds me of um, the uh, the Bob Dylan song Black Diamond Bay, where uh, you, you know there's. He he spends six and a half minutes talking about a, a, a volcano <laughs> destroying an entire island, which is 
are arguably less dramatic than, you know, at, at least less uh, relatable than a school shooting in 2017 America. But, you know, at the end, he's saying, well, you know, I saw this on the news. I switched it off and I went and had another beer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just another hard luck story you're going to hear. So, yeah. So the desk clerk says. Good song. It's a really good song about a. There seems to be a a pretty good balance of coolie to hood, like six to five on this. Is that usually the case? Mm, There's been more coolie with every record. um, Yeah, as they go along. Yeah, I mean, I got. I love Patterson Hood so much, but man, I I mean, that's just you. You and I saw uh, Mike Cooley at the U Street Music call in dc two years ago something like that mm-hmm. and damn what a show what a show it still bothers me to this day that i don't know that some that some maniac kept yelling um <laughs> that i don't know what that song was that he played about the denver airport that didn't make the it's record on his new album <sighs> But didn't make the record, and it because I remember liking it, but I I can't remember anything about it, and I you know I've, I'm sure I've looked for a set list or two, but I haven't done a, a deep dive in it. Um, how does this? How does American band? Can't believe that Perilous Night isn't on here. Yeah, I wonder how, why. <laughs> Probably because it was written like three months ago. <laughs> How does how does uh, American band um, uh, uh, compare to William Q. Corgan's new record? I'm. I know you want to sit here and you want to put the boots to WPC. I know that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. I've listened to that record about three times all the way through now. Let's let's take a step back real quick. Uh, Billy Corgan, lead singer of Smashing Pumpkins, put out a put out a record uh, a month ago. Yeah, give or take. Yeah, and you and I are both very big Smashing Pumpkins. One fans. of us is. One of us used to be. <laughs> I am no longer. There you go. Um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a like pre Machina Smashing Pumpkins That's, fan. Uh, yeah, well. A plimsoll punk, as we call you. Go ahead, please. Like you're not Go you're ahead. not a real Smashing Pumpkins fan unless you like post Machina. I don't SP. know how you just kind of you said pre Machina, which means you're you're cutting Machina out. I don't know why you cut that record out. Machina's not a good record. You're drunk. It has you're drunk with power. <laughs> it has. I mean, it has a couple good tracks on it, but it's not a good. I mean, Everlasting Gaze is good. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Heavy Metal Machine is terrible. Is a terrible That's song. That's maybe the one bad spot on the record. Try, try, try is boring. Oh, pff, shut up. <laughs> stop. I I think you got to stop with... Um, the <laughs> I'm definitely showing my ass here. You know, the record before... Adore. There Adore, is Sure. I think Adore is the last good complete That's, record. No, as, uh, the Machina's fine. There's nothing wrong with Machina. Okay. It's a good record. Yes, Heavy Metal Machine is bad. Um, but no, it's a good Machina 2 was really good. Um, yeah. There was a, the try, the I, I do wish that the the alternate Zeitgeist take, was terrible. 
Okay, yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with you about Zeitgeist. That's not going okay. to happen. Tarantula is a really good song, and I wish Tarantula yeah, yeah, yeah. had been on Machina. If Tarantula had been on Machina instead of Heavy Metal Machine, <laughs> we'd be talking about is a hell Machina, of a record. Is Machina two technically a studio album? I think it's a bunch of B sides and and okay. things. It's things that didn't make Machina. But there were there were the 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 try 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 from there is much better than the one that's on the record. Um, and I okay. wish that's the one that had made the record. Um, it just, I, I think of Machina as like, what was, like Zwan? Was that the name of the stupid band that he did with uh, Petra? What's her yeah. name? Yeah. Um, with like, whatever that song was called, I Believe. I liked that record. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I didn't for you. I love I loved that single so I'm much. I'm not ready to call it. The record wasn't honestly, great, was great, but I certainly liked it. Mary Star of the Sea, uh, I loved, honestly. I did, too. I, think I did, too. I, 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 I love the video. I love the song. I loved and, everything about it, and I was And buried so in all I, that pop noise was one hell of a solo. There is a mm-hmm. blistering solo. Hell, yeah, there was. Absolutely. <laughs> no, no, that, that was – I, I fully, fully, fully uh, – I, I definitely enjoyed that. It, it reminded me of – Today and Cherub Rock and like the early kind of like it was a bit of man the pumpkins are back like he's he's figured it out he's got this ha- new band happy and, and hard ha- Billy Corgan did this thing where he was both happy and hard at the same time <laughs> story of my you life. know <laughs> like I mean you know you look at the with, with the exception of disarm maybe that um i'm forgetting the uh what's the the album before uh melancholy siamese uh, dream siamese <laughs> siamese dream you know with the exception of disarm like just happy and hard like yeah. to uh yeah. today and Cherub Rock were he he just went at it and then you know you got to melancholy and melancholy and infinite sadness which a two disc cd a two CD album was an investment if you're in middle school in the mid nineties, and unheard have, of at that time. Like, not to say that and, it hadn't happened before, but um, to try to pull that off as an as what they what we used to call an alternative act, um, yeah, to try to pull that thing off and succeed with it, um, and yeah, goddamn, did they sell some records? They did. I mean, it was massive. I. It was so big that it, it reached me across the aisle. I was on the other side of the aisle at that time, and that record got to me. I was like, wait a minute, there's something to this. And that girl I like likes it. But still, um, there's something <laughs> There's something to this uh, 1979 business. Yeah. I mean, goddamn, how many singles were off that record? <laughs> oh, God. You had, you had, I think, oh, God. Tonight, Tonight. I think Bullet, tonight, tonight, and then zero, I think zero, thirty-three, muzzle, nineteen seventy-nine. <laughs> so you have uh, tonight, tonight, zero, b- bullet with butterfly wings, muzzle, thirty-three, seventy-nine. Oh God, um, it might have been all of them. That's six. I don't think there. I don't think anything else. But I, got I just six remember songs. that's six singles off a record. <laughs> that's unheard of. Unheard of. <laughs> That is that is like 2007. Like, that's what Taylor Swift is trying to do now. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Taylor Swift released four of her sing- four singles before this her last album came out. Yeah. <clears throat> All um, with videos in heavy rotation. 
They yeah. were – that is the weirdest thing. Like, you don't run into a lot of Smashing Pumpkins fans, or at least people who admit it these days, but a lot of people had those records. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then they I bailed that, out around Machina, like some people I know. I mean, why would you not bail out? I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> there, there are, uh, I mean, I bailed out on Weezer for doing the exact same thing. Well, you should have bailed out on Weezer a lot sooner. Than you, If you made it to Hashpot, <laughs> you hung on too long. Uh, if you get off on Tarantula, I can't, I can't fault anybody for saying, yeah. all right. A bridge too far, but I'm. I will stand sure. by Machina. Um, I'll stand by Machina. I'll give it a second listen. All, I just uh, all of this started because we were talking about OG Lala, which is the new WPC <laughs> record. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Let's 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 talk about that. So so Billy Corgan no longer is po- no longer is Bill Corgan. Is he is he is William. P. Corgan. Patrick. And Patrick Corgan. And he has put out a solo album. Produced by Rick Rubin, also. You're crazy for this one, Rick. Rick Rubin. <laughs> yes. Yes. Stick my dick in the mashed potatoes, Rick Rubin. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, at this point, man, the sheen really fell off Rick Rubin. And WPC, we'll get to you in a second. But, man... Tell me when the sheen fell off Rick Rubin because Did it? he had he I think I absolutely I think it has I think it was when he produced that Weezer album. Well, that'll do it to you. <laughs> you know, I mean, he did his his most recent highest height was when he did uh the J the Jay-Z album with uh uh 99 Problems. Yeah. Yeah. But then he also produced the the Red Album by Weezer, which was 2008 that had pork and beans on it, that, where their video was just a bunch of, like, YouTube memes. Uh, well, the producer's only as good as the artist he's working with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I it's mean, really yeah, bad. I, I, but Ruben was never a... Uh... I mean, if if he fell in with somebody that he really got on with, he would stay with him for a while. I mean, you're probably right. Is Rick Rubin an imposter? I think Rick Rubin might be an imposter. Because... <laughs> He's impersonating someone else? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Who do you think he Didn't is? He, he's actually Louis C.K., which... <laughs> hide your kids, hide your wife. But didn't he... I mean, what is what is the story behind uh, the Beastie Boys moving f- uh, from? They they put out "License to Ill" and then they went to Def Jam, yeah. and put out Paul's Boutique, yeah. And was did Rick Rubin lose? I don't think did they Rick just Rubin... got signed. He was their producer. Okay, yeah, no, R- yeah, Rick Rubin produced Paul Paul's Boutique. Yeah, okay, that's what it is. So I don't know. I'm. I mean, you look at these, you look at these, uh, like a full discography of the things that he's produced. And it's like, is it the producer or is it, you know, he's produced, uh, he's produced, um, you know, Jay-Z, Beastie Boys, um, Jazzy J, Tom Petty, the Heartbreakers, the Black Crows, 
Johnny Cash, who, Red Hot Chili Peppers. The Black Crows, who he wanted to call the Cobb County Crows. Oh, I, that's a much better name. Spelled with K's. Oh, no, 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 You're on board. Ladies and gentlemen. No, 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 no. Rewind 15 seconds. Rewind 15 seconds. Rewind. Hey, Acti, rewind the play. If you will allow me to replace my previous comments, can I can I replace my previous comments? Black Sabbath. replace us. Eminem, Run DMC. But he's also, you know, Justin Bieber's more popular record, but he's also produced Shakira, uh, AFI, Coheed and Cambria, um, Lana Del Rey, He's a music uh, producer. Josh that's, Groban. That's what music producers do. They These are just famous people. I <sighs> Well, the cash stuff is what... Did he seriously want to call the Black Crows the kid? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's in there behind the music. <laughs> Why? But it as was edgy, like, man. As, it was edgy, just man. Just to goof on some people? It was just edgy. a goof on some people. Um, but I mean, Ruben, the, I can't, he, again, he has equity with me because of what he did with Johnny Cash. Um, that stuff was amazing. And I think, and you know, didn't he work with Nine Inch Was Nails this the, like, the old man comes, the yeah, American series? American or one yeah. through, shit, was it seven of them? Four. No, there was, oh, I thought it was There four. was at least five. It might be five. I think they might be American five yeah. was the last one. But, um, you know, that was the, the big thing, his sort of crowning achievement that he was able to get cash. Ruben is good at getting people to get outside of come their comfort back. zone yeah. a little bit and come back. He's the Tarantino of music producers. I don't know what he's done yeah. lately. You know, um, you keep referencing the shitty Weezer record, but they're pretty shitty on their own these days. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, trying to find like a full discography of them, but yeah, I mean that. Uh, let's let's actually get on to that Johnny Cash shit because I remember it was '01, and I think I actually heard his cover of "Hurt," the of Nine Inch Nails song, did. before I heard. Be- because why would I listen to the Nine Inch Nails? That I don't. I didn't know. All I I <laughs> never. I had never heard the Nine Inch Nails version, and still to this day, I've only heard it like once or twice. And it's not that good. <laughs> However, the Johnny Cash version of it is fucking incredible. Yeah. Um, but he, the version of I Won't Back Down that he got Tom Petty to, to just sing back up and play guitar yeah. on with Cash. Yeah. I mean, he got Johnny, he, he was able to bring a lot of songs to Johnny that he would not have found on his own and say, hey, I think you should record this. And it worked like a charm. Yeah. And I think I, I think uh, by the time that hurt video came out, I think that's when he actually passed. Yes, that was right as he was. Yeah, that's and that's part of the reason why that thing popped off as big as it did. Um, was yeah, it was it was the imagery of the video was old Johnny Cash, um, and he was on his deathbed, and and then he had the good the good business sense to die while that song was was out and also right before right as no right uh before carl perkins cadillac was released too Mm. i don't know that walk the line gets made if uh the american (laughs) if the american you may be right 
because nobody was the, the Johnny Cash. No one cared about Johnny no, Cash until no, that happened. no, no. Those people didn't think about Johnny Cash. He was just some old dinosaur from the Nashville era, um, mm-hmm. and then. And it was that it was the picture and the T-shirt of him flipping the bird, and yeah. and those American recordings, hurt in particular, that got yeah, him over. Yeah, yeah. And I I don't know that there is the same amount of outlaw country that exists today. If the American recordings, it's certainly not as popular. As it would be today. It would, I mean, it's always existed, but it wouldn't be nearly as mainstream. A lot of people jumped on the cash bandwagon because those records came out. And because those records came out, they started to listen to this thing or that thing or the other thing. Yeah. And I mean, you're you're always going to have the people who... I mean, even without the American recordings, you're going to have people who download a David Allen Coe song on Napster or Waylon Jennings or Christopherson or... I mean, do you put Willie Nelson in yeah. Outlaw Country? Well, Outlaw Outlaw Country comes from the Outlaws. It was that was a record, and it was Willie Nelson and Tom Paul Glasper and Cash and Waylon and uh, and ah shit Jesse Coulter, Waylon's wife. I did not know that. Why, why would you? I mean, why would you know that? <laughs> <laughs> You're a person who wanted to listen to bands that you do like. <laughs> you don't know that well. You know, I've had this. I've had this uh, a CD in 2017. <laughs> I've had I've, I've had this CD just laying on my counter. Said, "Hey, Sean, pop this in your in your CD player, and I'll give you a million dollars." And you know, I'll get to it. I'll get to it when I'm ready. When, when I'm, I'm ready, ready, I have to be in the mood. I'm but yeah, like through my record collection right now to see if I, ha- I know I've got that Outlaws record, but I just can't put my hands on it right this second. But like Charlie Daniels, uh, Hank Williams Jr., Billy Joe Shaver, that's all Outlaw Country. So I mean, there would ha- there there are tons of influencers to. Well, I mean, Outlaw Country just meant that they were not making the slicked up, um, overproduced. Nashville music. They weren't recording Oak Ridge in Nashville. Boys type bullshit. Yeah, they weren't recording in Nashville necessarily. They went to Texas and recorded this music. Um and and so they needed a label for it because they didn't know what to call it. Um it wasn't AM Country Gold. Now, all those guys <laughs> had all, you know, Willie Nelson wrote um Crazy. Patsy Cline's Crazy is a Willie Nelson song. So certainly Willie wasn't just out there being a thug on the records. Um, he was trying. Oh, I didn't his, know that at all. Yes, he was trying his hand at being a Nashville songwriter. And, you know, the first time you see Willie Nelson, he's in a suit with a close-cropped haircut like everyone else is. And then they went out to Texas and started doing the fuck they wanted to do. And it just blew up. It absolutely exploded. And so he and Waylon are able to make careers out of this, but they never really felt like they got their just due for it because hell, um, they still weren't always on the radio. A lot of that shit that we think we know now, or we know now and we think that, Oh man, that must've been kind of ubiquitous. It was a tough fight for them dudes to get airplay because they weren't doing regular Nashville stuff. Um, so very difficult, but yeah, that's where the outlaw stuff came from. And now that label exists to mean, Again, it Jason Isbell's going to get played on Outlaw Country in on Sirius, right? But that just means that he's not a slicked up 
uh, guy from the country machine. He's not on regular country radio. Um, so therefore he's an outlaw. Is Jason Isbell not played on, on country radio? Is Jason Isbell played on radio at all? Um, that's a great, I mean, it's gotta be, he, he sells a lot of records. Um, yeah, he reached number one on the country charts twice. So somebody's playing it. I just wouldn't, I don't know because I don't listen to those radio stations. You know, this, this is, uh, well, I've been embarrassed about a lot of things in the past, uh, past I've made an <laughs> 30 minutes or myself. so, but, but, um, Every time I hear Pat, the name Patsy Cline, I think of Walking After Midnight, which unfortunately reminds me of the first time I heard that, which was on a Garth Brooks record. <laughs> of course it was. And so Garth Brooks, I, to this day, I will stand by so much about Garth Brooks. I'm not going to sit here and shit on Garth Brooks. That's not what I'm going to do. Right now, I could run through everything up to, like, 2001 of Garth Brooks and stand by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fine. But it's like, man, you know, like, the uh, there's this song on, uh, I think it's Rope in the Wind, and it's uh, We Shall Be Free, uh, probably a pretty famous and recognizable yeah, I know Garth that Brooks song. song. Yeah. And it's like, man, imagine, imagine, like... That being a hit song in 2017, like Red America. That is a very <laughs> like the the pickup truck and beach aspect of country music is so strange to me. When you look at the people that they prop up as their heroes, the the Waylands and the Willies and the Christoffersons yeah. and, and all those dudes, those dudes were not anything like the people that listen to that music now. Um, no, not at all. And But that's the thing. Do you think that, like, this kind of music was was kind of popular? I don't know. I'm not trying to get too political when we're just bullshitting about, uh, about country music, but do you think it's because there wasn't a lot of... a lot of... people didn't talk about racism... In like, in like, uh, like middle class white America, you're that not wrong. To you're not wrong. Um, but but you know, at the same listen- time, if you look at um, Hank Williams Jr.'s "Country Boy Can Survive," when he talks about yeah. his friend getting killed in New York, being robbed, um, we'd probably call that a dog whistle these days. Sure. Um, yeah. Back Absolutely. then, we didn't call it that. When you talk about Charlie Daniels' um, "Simple Man," when he talks about Pantywaist judge letting the drug dealer go. We'd call that a dog whistle a little bit. Um, it is. Yeah, but at the same time, we didn't think it was necessarily just a racial stereotype to not like drug dealers back then. Um, well, I I remember hearing... So I, I have the lyrics to We to, Shall Be Free same, by Garth Brooks. But and to, it's, to make the point about Charlie Daniels, too, he also, in that same verse, talks about the raping and the killing and the child abuse, which, you know, are stereotypically not are not stereotypically black crimes. So, I mean, it was right. it was more of a widespread thing back then. We should almost do a senior thesis on this at UEH. <laughs> We'd nail Instead it. Instead of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We would nail it. <laughs> by the way, we are... By the way, uh, Creel, our our uh, throw-the-flag compatriot over here, 
the 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 missing puzzle piece has been sitting in the back this entire time and has not made a peep until I said instead of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and he just said mm-hmm. <laughs> but yes Garth Brooks oh, we shall be free uh, when the last child bread. cries for a crust of bread when the last man dies for just words that he said when there's shelter over the poorest head we shall be free last thing we notice is the color of skin the first thing we look for is the beauty within the skies and the oceans are clean again these are not things that a gun toting fuck the EPA let's cut food stamps and uh, federal housing authority funds people are going to want to listen to in their top 40 country radio but the difference is um it was Garth Brooks There's only one race and that's mankind Garth we shall be was free. so big that he could get away with it like he also you know like this is probably 40 year old Volvo driving soccer moms that absolutely what year did that come out Ooh, Rope in the Wind. Um, the That was, Rope in the Wind was, oh God, 91. Yeah, so these are people who, well, the kind of, Michael the kind Jackson's of individuals. Black and, and White probably came out that same year. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, and was, I am. That was the prevailing sentiment right then. Yeah. And I mean, I'm just as, was it Rope in the Wind? No, You're the Garth Brooks. Um, and. Uh, I mean, I'm, I've been just as guilty of this as well, but, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, as a – white people never think – never want – never consider themselves racist. Mm. But there's always a, a certain level of it there. At some point they didn't, right? Myself yeah. included. Like, yeah. They I were, mean – They used to not be quite as proud of it as they are these days. <laughs> yeah. And uh, – the. It was on the chase, which was ninety two, which is not that it's a year later. But um But in the nineties yeah, so, we hadn't chose up sides quite as much as we have now either. No. No. We gave um, a little bit of both away. Only blood that's any meaner. Cleaner. It's blood that's blue or greener. <laughs> yeah. So I mean that there was an element of that too that we weren't uh we weren't all so isolated in our own gang. For whatever reason back then. Um, it, it hadn't happened yet. I and just it, want to get back to that. <laughs> yeah, that ship and I is, think Garth Brooks that is the answer. That sailed, baby. That you know what? People, people look at... People can look at, you know, uh, the 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 big banks failing. They look at 9-11. Uh, they look at, you know, the election of our first black president on, on our country becoming, you know, truly... Divided, pulling apart from the middle and just going into our own tribes, never to retreat again. I say it's when uh, Garth Brooks put out that Chris Gaines <laughs> We didn't know what to do. We didn't have anybody telling us. Um, Wait, who is this? Why does he have bangs? <laughs> what the Fuck the you. Fu- what? Fuck you. <laughs> like... Did he just want to see how was that like you know in basketball if you if you've hit a couple of three pointers in a row sometimes you just step across half court and you jack one up just to see how hot you really are <laughs> <laughs> was Garth just doing a heat check at that point to see what he could do um 
I I forget if we've actually talked about this on the air or if I talked to you or Creel or something about this, but this was supposed to be a part of a movie where Steven Tyler played Chris Gaines. <laughs> this was the soundtrack. This was uh. a like so the Garth Brooks dot 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 in the life of Chris Gaines was intended to be a pre soundtrack to the film. I got so you. The se- so the CD was going to come out, and then there was going to be a fucking like mockumentary movie where Steven Tyler fucking played, played this rock star. Chris Gaines. That makes a lot more sense than just putting that record out and it not having a movie. <laughs> Which, if, yeah, and so it was very clear from the reception of the, the the album that the movie, they everybody pulled out. Yeah. And so, like, if you're Garth Brooks riding high as you ever have in 1998 and you're like, oh, Steven Tyler's going to play some weird pop star and I'm going to, like, do the music – I'm going to be the second most embarrassing thing in this equation. Absolutely, I'll make a <laughs> couple million on this. And there is something to artists who really achieve something massive, always wanting to try to do that that exact thing and be yeah. another band within a band. Sgt. Oh, Pepper's yeah, Lonely sure. Hearts Club Band, Ziggy Stardust yeah. and the Spiders from Mars, Machina, Dave Cole's entire career. Machina, the Machines of God, that was supposed to be a different band. That was the Smashing Pump and Smashing. Was it really? Yeah, yeah. Machina was uh, Machina was the name of the record by the Machines of God. That was how that was supposed to work. They they failed in the marketing of it, but that was the that's why it was such a departure from the other stuff. Was they were supposed to be a different band? That was their Sergeant Pepper's. Yeah, and I mean, sometimes it pulls, they pull it off with, uh, you know, Timberlake becomes Timberlake. (laughs) Justin Timberlake becomes Justin Timberlake. Uh, SNL favorite cast member, Justin Timberlake, (laughs) and does some singing on the side. And then you, you know, you have this, the the failure like this, Um, you have the stutter steps of Machina, and then you have the, like, reversals with, like, Green Day, where Billy Joe Armstrong was going to do a solo career and that Good Riddance Time of Your Life song was supposed to be the last song oh, that Green Day ever put out. Okay. And then and then for some reason they were just like, "Uh, I'm not doing this anymore." <laughs> and then George Bush had the good sense to get elected for him. And somehow they were the people that benefited from that. Oh my <laughs> Fucking god. Fucking Green Day was, was who benefited from that. Not the Dixie Chicks. Oh hell no! But Green Day. That is, but that is. You make a very good point. You know, to the difference between Garth Brooks being able to say things in '91 to after 9/11, you were on one side or the other. And well, Garth Brooks was a that was a a message of inclusion. And I, I, I am not taking issue with anything the Dixie Chicks ever did against George Bush after the war, but that was a, a more div- divisive message. I mean, it was this guy's fucking wrong in telling. But it was divisive. You know, Ninety percent of their fan base. It was div- uh, fucking Merle Haggard's uh, Rainbow Stew, which was definitely pre nine eleven, had a line that said, "When the president goes to the White House door and does what he says he'll do, then it was okay." 
It used to yeah. be okay to not like the government and and that not be considered anti-American. But after 9-11, you were one and Isn't side that weird? The, but, how the uh, fuck does again, this podcast keep going into 9-11 songs? <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's the thing, though. So it was... I mean, not, I think 9-11 uh, was – it It wasn't okay to question what the president did for four years after 9-11. Mm, or and, how many years are we now? Or three years. How many years three are we years. into it now? <laughs> oh, come on. We, we – like, uh, I mean, we were completely divided in 2004. We were completely divided in two, uh, 2008. Uh, like, those people never one walked of, it back. One – one of the two political parties said that it was their goal for the next four years to deny Barack Obama a second term. He got that, despite all of the actual success that was seen in the, in, in the past eight years. I mean, there, half of the country hated the guy. But those same people, the people... And now the, Anybody who would turn on the Dixie Chicks, right? Anybody who yeah. was in that camp, they never walked back. They never yeah, went sure. back to the middle. That's what I'm saying. It's like once that happened, it became. Uh, you know what is so fucking funny about this part of this? If you had listened to the Truckers record, <laughs> and you had listened to Once They Banned Imagine, you could have brought that up right now <laughs> because that is oh, damn. what that song addresses: is that 9/11 happens, and we're all we're all sort of walking the same way, and we're feeling all right. And we're we're together, and then radio stations said stop playing Imagine because it's you know it's it's counter to the message that we want out there. And at that point, then nine eleven just became Vietnam, and it became every other thing we'd always had. It was no yep. longer different. It was just the same old us against them thing, um, which is on that record. Which is weird because, like, Renfunk Railroad putting out where an American band, you wouldn't think that they would, like, predict all of this. <laughs> Especially being from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> um, Still never sorry, talked about actually a very good PCs, OG Lala. <laughs> What what song? No no no. And and, and uh, uh, William P. Corgan. We'll get to you in a second. Um, what what uh, what what song were you just talking about on American Band? Once they banned Imagine. Okay, got it. Um, yeah, I the uh, the Talking Heads. You know, came out with a with a song. You know, in '83 that was on. It was definitely on the. Um, uh, I can't believe I can't remember the the name of this live record. Stop making sense. Mm-hmm. But it was also on the um, uh, Speaking in Tongues record, and I remember I, I I probably heard the song for the first time leading up to the 2004 election, and it includes the lyrics, "Our president's crazy. Did you hear what he said?" And I was like, man, that's George Bush to a T. <laughs> and, and now in like 2017, it's like, uh, I just feel like I should schedule like that quote, like tweeting that quote every, you know, yeah. two hours. And we've reached a point where no matter who the president is, that half of us will be saying that. That's where we currently sit. Um, 
that. Which I think is, I think right now we're about 60-40. Mm, I think you're overestimating that. Um, um I, I mean that's 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 where polls are at, but well, also sure, you, but those po- those same polls. Um, I think we're just there's a fluctuation in the middle of ten percent, but I don't think those people are hard in their beliefs on either side, and so the next time they'll float well, the other way. I think those people are still Republicans. They just know that Donald Trump's a fucking moron. We'll see. In now, four will years. they vote for him <laughs> over a over a Democrat? Yes, probably they will. They did. Yeah, they'll do so. it again too. Roy Moore's also going to win. And oh yeah, he's gonna win. Yeah. By the way, mark it down. November twenty fifth. Uh, this is. Uh, I, I say this with no amount of happiness, but I am predicting, as I predicted, two points away the Alabama Auburn score. That Roy Moore will beat Doug Jones fifty two to forty eight. A tight one, huh? Four points. That's pretty. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that, that's definitely tight for a Republican in Alabama for sure. Especially when it's uh, one of them's a child molester, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, can you believe? Uh, and once they banned Imagine, once that is uh, that is definitely a very Mike Cooley written song. Oh, it it is very Cooley. It is incredibly cool. I wish was, I just wish I knew who Grabby was. <laughs> um, I think God I think it's Giuliani. I, mean, it's, I think it's Giuliani, but I can't. I have no evidence. I mean, right now that. you could pretty much apply Grabby to any. <laughs> that, it was written in a pre. Um, it was a pre-grabbing time when this came out. Do you do you want to hear the most uh, depressing slash offensive line about American Band by Drive By Truckers? Yes, which is why I don't read Salon. That liberal rag. <laughs> Nico Lang of Salon called American Band's rock music's best protest album in years, saying it is, quote, to 2016 what American Idiot represented for the Bush era. I'd like for A that protest person album to not that- listen to this record, is what I would <laughs> I would love to know what that person thought of Decoration Day. <laughs> A protest album that rages against the political machine. Um, also, speaking of those exact words, had this guy listened to Rage Against the Machine during the Bush era? Thank you. Yeah. That's just awful. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be so sad if, if they compared it to, like, Battle for Los Angeles. <laughs> You're correct. <laughs> no, dude, American... Uh, that's, that, that is another part of the problem. Right there is that's bad. We that's have, so embarrassing. Like, you and I line up politically on most things. You're further yeah. than I am on some things. Blah 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 blah. But like when I look, when I go to look for news, and I'll go to like Daily Beast, and I'll start reading something. I'm like, well, this is just as slanted as if I had gone to fucking the Blaze. Yes. Like, yeah. C- come on, dudes. If you're if you are supposed to be the group who is inclusive and intelligent and all these things, and you throw all these barbs at the other side to say that they're dumb and they're exclusionary and they do all these things, you can't do the same shit. That's why I used to fuss at you about Keith Oberman all the time. Like He's just Bill yeah. O'Reilly on your side. That's bad, it's too. Neither one of them, are, and either side is good. And that's that's something that I constantly struggle with because I watch nothing but MSNBC. Yeah, because that's that's the home team, and I don't I don't fault anybody because for it. But 
at the same time, you can't get mad at somebody who just watches Fox News because they're just hitting the home team. And I, I watch MSNBC all the time, and I always struggle to think, is MSNBC just the left Fox News? And I yes. don't think it is. The answer is yes. I need you to know that right now. It is The answer is yes. It is. I, I don't think it is because... Because you like I think them. that... <laughs> I, th- I, I, think, I think it's because... I, I whether it is or whether it's not, which I which I I don't think it's as far as Fox News. I think they're definitely slanted. It it's they're pretty, absolutely one hundred percent slanted. Slanted and enchanted um, pavement record. Let's say let's say um, that Fox News is ten on the right. I'm gonna put and zero is CNN. Sure. I'll I'll put MSNBC. The most I'd be willing to put them is. Uh, if it's anything less than eight point five, you're a liar. <laughs> I was gonna say six point five. You are a liar, sir. Um, but I think that, regardless of, I mean, it is infotainment for me. But I'm also I, I'll watch Rachel Maddow, and I'll also basically say, "Come on, like this is this is bullshit." Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and that's and fine. That, and that's but... something that I don't think that a lot of Fox News they the, viewers the demographics are exactly the same, except for the fact that a lot of old people watch Fox News. Yes, super. Um, yeah, yeah. That's that's your only problem is just just the old set in their ways are skewing it a little bit. But there are also old liberals too, and they're the same way. I mean, that, that this is, is the heart of the argument is that we have gotten to this point to where. You are now not Democrats nor Republicans or conservatives or liberals. You're just Bloods and Crips. That's what you are. Yeah. And no matter yeah. what the Bloods do, the Crips think it's bad and against them and vice versa. And, and that's that's where we are. Um, and that's why this record is <laughs> – that's why I liked it so much <laughs> because there is a song about the fucking Civil War on there. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, not, it's not pointing at them saying you're all awful. Or you know you're you're just bad. It's that yes, you were you were uh, sort of duped into a thing, but at the same time, um, the other side wasn't perfect either. It's it's fucking Dylan's ah man, what is the name of that song? Oh, only a pawn in their game, which is <laughs> which is just as relevant now as it was then, where he's just kind of saying yeah. you know you they they're pulling the wool over your eyes. Um, they're, they're dividing you, but they're the people, the, the, they are the same, <laughs> the, the, they's the same. Yeah. They have the same goal. They just go about it a different way. You should probably listen to that record. I, well, I, I'll get around to it. I mean, shit. <laughs> they're about to release another record. You are going to be two records behind. Is the perilous night going to be? Oh, yes, it is. I mean, I didn't really give English oceans. Jesus, here's what makes no sense. (laughs) Here's what makes no sense whatsoever. (laughs) The best days of your life were spent in the service of your nation in Washington D.C. The band that you liked starts to get more and more political. Not necessarily. I mean, they played at the DNC last. Yeah, week. yes, they they and they start to write all these songs about all these. Poli- they start to tell those same stories that used to be about you know north northern Alabama sheriffs departments and and murder mysteries from 
from the 80s, they started to do the same things about... Uh, uh, How did she go across two state lines and end up in the same state? <laughs> but they st- or end up in one state. Right, over. one state over. They started to do, to do the same things with um, old election fixers and, and things like that. Like, this is your wheelhouse. I should be the one who's tapping out. They don't mention Muscle yeah. Shoals at all in these records anymore. I'm the one who should be leaving, but you're the one giving them a hard time. Nah, man. I I, I pretty much pulled out from everything after about a year ago. Tell me about it. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, you know what? I think this has really helped me to I doubt it. Re- recommit myself. To invest in the things that matter, and that's listening to more music, less of the same podcast oh, episodes that God. I've listened to over and over again. Like last, last podcast on of the left. Of course. Yeah. Number one or, with a bullet. Or Comedy Bang Bang. Yes. Or how, how Did This Get Made? <laughs> I found that um, most podcasts, I can't remember a damn thing that happened on it six minutes after it goes off. Oh no! Of course, I don't not. know how many times I've listened to the same episode of something, and been like, "Wait a minute, I've heard this already." Shit! Now I'm a half hour into it. That's why. That's why I listen listen to so many uh, multiple times. Actually, I have to. I I was about to start closing out, but I have to. I have to bring this up. Downloading the new Apple operating system, the new podcast app fucking sucks. It's awful. And so I was trying to find new podcast uh, apps to <laughs> download, subscribe to everything else. Welcome to Tech and like Talk, I always do, gentlemen. <laughs> and like I always do, I the first uh, the first uh, shows that I'll search for are the three in the Throw the Flag network, which are Throw the Flag. Throw the flag. Cold dog. Throw the soup. football flag. <laughs> Cold dog soup. And that and, and this one. And that's disgusting. And I searched "throw the flag," and for some reason, the only the only one in our network that showed up was "cold dog soup." As it should be. And then, and then, <laughs> and then an episode that you did a couple weeks ago on a on a wrestling show, and uh, it was very good. You're very good at this stuff. Well. You're you're uh, you should think about starting your own podcast network. <laughs> Well, I got Boo It Yourself coming out, so I'm pretty excited about that. My new relationship podcast. I think podcast. Boo It Yourself has legs. Boo It Yourself. <laughs> I, you know, we joked about Seymour's cooking. What the fuck is the... Matt Creel, what is the Jay Moore podcast? Suddenly Jay Moore. Suddenly Jay Moore, thank you. Creel, are you sure you don't want to join us? I'm good. He's good. He's not Little happy. Buckaroo, I'm not happy. No one's None happy. Of us Hell no, happy. I ain't happy. And a lot of bad wood underneath the veneer. You and I are going to see Patterson Hood in three weeks. Yes, I'm sure you'll sneak a flask in and start yelling about a record that doesn't exist. Well, I will definitely do one of those things. (laughs) This has been episode six. Of that's disgusting. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Um, we are doing this all on a shoestring resource 
budget. We're in a log cabin in the in the hills of Montana doing this. Um, we have nobody backing us except for our listeners and our supporters on Patreon. If you would like to become one of those supporters, you can visit us visit us at patreon.com p a t r e o n slash t t f. You can reach us at TTF Network on Twitter. You can email us at throwtheflagnetwork at gmail.com. Is there anything else I'm missing, Hank? Because you can listen to our other two podcasts that we just uh, talked about, if you like college football or crappy poetry. Those are all the things I know. Probably should listen to more music, too, if you're anything like Sean. Turn off the MSNBC. When you're ready. Turn off the when Fox you're ready. News. Stop listening to like podcasts when you're ready to other do than it. ours. And cut on some fucking It's got to feel right. God damn it. There's so many. Even even an old, bitter man like me still finds a new band now and again. It, it's the best thing in the world to find a new band. What are some new bands you're listening to right now? Um, I listen to Always, which is A-L-V-V-A-Y-S. Oh, that's not, you, you, just, you told me I about them like five years ago. I love them. That's not accurate. They hadn't been around that long. <laughs> um, Four years. But they just got. They just put out a new record a couple months ago that is really, really good. Um, the Frights, that band that you told me about forever ago, mm-hmm. is really mm-hmm. good. Um, James McMurtry is not I always new. forget about. It's not new necessarily, but he's new to a lot of people. He is one of the best American songwriters that ever was. Um, Who's this? James McMurtry. Um, oh yeah. Chris Smither is a hell of a guitar player and just writes very easy to digest songs, but. You know, deep down in there, there's always a line that'll just cut you wide open. Um, but there's, there's a, it, the music doesn't necessarily have to be um, new, is in it just got released, but it's new to you. And there's so much of it. There's just so much who, of it. Who does, uh, who does Runaway Renee? <laughs> oh, shit, I should know that. I've had to look up those lyrics so many times. <laughs> Ah, oh, man, I hate that I don't know that. <laughs> well, we're we're all going to pledge pledge to listen more to to new music and new everything and we're going to get there. Uh I tried to I tried to play uh that song from the frights, but then I realized this microphone is plugged into this uh <laughs> To this computer, so either uh, it's walk away, Renee. Nothing. That's what it is. It's walk away, Renee. Run away, Renee. What did I call it? You said run away, which is much faster. <laughs> that is just something I scream at a Frenchman. Every Frenchman I see. <laughs> he has really tickled himself. It's pretty funny. <laughs> the left bank. That's who does walk away, Renee. <laughs> <laughs> who does that song about having a DUI? That's James McMurtry. Ah, oh, there it is. There it is. That's yeah, Rachel's that's definitely song not. by James McMurtry. Um, Shit, Can't Make It Here Anymore is as effective of a summing up of this country um, as there has been in many years, and hell, it was, it's at least 10 years old now. Um, but nothing's changed. <laughs> Is that McMurtry? Yes. Yes. It's about um, jobs being shipped out and just the difficulty of living here as not being Sounds rich. Sounds like putting people on the moon. Very similar. Very similar. Um, oh, man, what is that 
Oh, what is, oh, there's a John Hyatt song called Welfare Music that is just the same, similar, similar thing, um, but it's really good. John Hyatt's really good um, if you like good stuff, but you don't. You clearly don't. There's also a That Poppy no. record coming out that I'm sure Sean's really excited about. 22-year-old That <laughs> He's so happy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I will say that that is the only song I like of hers. That Computer Boy song is awful. Now, if you want to get into some really good, like, uh, uh, tween pop made by early to mid-20-year-olds, you got to get into some Melanie Martinez. This has been... (laughs) That's disgusting. So sorry to William P. Corrigan. We'll get you on next episode. Um, <laughs> stay tuned for episode. Bye.